Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Episode 13. Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Dogman Encounters Radio. I'm Vic Cundiff, and I'll be your host as we listen to eyewitness encounters involving one of the most terrifying cryptids, Dogmen. Our guest tonight is Caleb Efting. Caleb's had two Dogman encounters, and he's here tonight to share the details of those encounters with you. Caleb, welcome to Dogman Encounters Radio. Thanks so much for coming. Hey, Vic. I'm glad to be here. Well, we're glad to have you. Can you give the listeners a brief bio on yourself? Well, I'm a wandering comedian and a crypt, and basically I try to locate other cryptids that I possibly can in Michigan. I basically stay um, at a foster care home currently because I because I've been trying to get a different place of residence, believe it or not. But in any case, I'm stuck in uh, downtown Muskegon. I live on Terrace Road. Before that, though, I've had some creepy instances. How much time before you had your first encounter did you spend out in the woods? Quite a bit, actually. Um, when I first lived in that particular area, I was, well, I was just born, and that was the first place my family had moved. I would go out in the woods every so often. It was good there. Every time I'd go out there, because I was so young at first, my parents would get scared, and they'd try to 
scare me into thinking that they were like headhunters and stuff like that on the woods, even though there really wasn't. But, uh, yeah, they, they, were, they were word folks. Spending that much time out in the woods, I take it you were familiar with most of the sounds that you would hear out there, identifying deer or raccoon or squirrels barking at you? That's correct. Although most of uh, all the thing you would hear is like uh, woodpeckers and squirrels. That, that was the vast majority you've ever heard. You've ever hear because the woods is right behind my house, and I'd, yeah, I'd go out there quite often, indeed. I know that you've had two dogman encounters, Caleb. Before we even get into those, the details of those encounters, I want to cover the effects that they've had on you moving forward through your life after you've had them. How have they affected you, and have you had a hard time dealing with them? How they affected me is basically that I'm afraid to go into heavy wooded areas nowadays, and I am incredibly nervous when I do. That's basically the gist of it. There's no real, that's not as simple as, as complex as it gets, I'm sorry to say. Well, that's definitely understandable. Now that you know that they're out there, it just changes your total view of being out in the woods so no one could blame you. What do most people who haven't had a dogman encounter, Caleb, have wrong about the experience? I believe that it's a stereotype in thinking that that uh you know that they're harmless, that they're tame like the like the word dogman suggests. These things these these uh these creatures, these cryptids, they're far from tame. You don't want to go looking for them unless you know what you're doing, and if you're, and if you're or unless you're very much protected. You don't want to go looking for these things taking their tape. You know, when I was on the internet fairly recently, I saw where a woman who says that she had had an encounter or encounters with them. I saw her mention that is a bit of advice that she was throwing out there that people have dogmen all wrong, that they're basically just big dogs. As long as you don't stare them in the eye or do anything to provoke them, they'll leave you alone. What do you have to say about that? I believe that sort of idea and thought line is actually correct. Everything I know about dogmen, including my own encounters, it's true that if you don't try to uh, hurt it, it may not hurt you, but and from my experience, if you do... If you do, like, try to run away, it might get interested in trying to chase you and try to hurt you, almost, uh, in many cases. Or if you do anything out of fear, it will chase you, possibly in aggression, or try to harm you in aggression. And they're predators, after all. They're not exactly plant eaters, as far as I know. Well, not solely plant eaters, from my knowledge. They like the woods, after all. Well, dogs will obviously eat fruits and vegetables. They'll eat pretty much anything that they can get access to food-wise. Wolves are not obligate carnivores. They actually will eat berries and other fruits like that, given certain circumstances. But your observations about what dogmen are, I think that right there is, that should be enough proof to know that quite likely they would be pretty dangerous if you're in their area. Now, getting into your first encounter, please tell us every last detail that comes to mind. Take your time. All right. Well, okay. It was year 2000. I think it was July. Can't remember the exact date, of course. Sorry. That slipped my mind a while ago. But in any case, I was about uh, seven years old. And uh, I was going about my daily strolls throughout the, uh, the woods behind my house. You know, 
just taking some trails that my dad had made. And the first thing I noticed was how quiet it was. The woods are not normally quiet uh, like this was. You, I didn't hear any birds chirping. The wind was the only thing I could see blowing the tops of the trees. And every time I did see a critter, it was, I, it seemed like he was scared to death or something. And it just was disturbing and eerie and quiet. That's the general setting it uh, was before I saw it. That's a pretty recurring theme for people who encounter these things. Moving forward after that point, tell us about what happened. After noticing that about every critter was uh, up in the trees or hiding, I took note of it, kept walking for about 20 minutes or so, and uh, I heard uh, rustle leaves to my right, so I just, you know, just slowly turned my head, and I saw a, uh, I want to say a uh, person or a upright creature that was bipedal, had the head of a dog, had almost hand-like claws. It was trying to get in, to get something in a tree that was apparently either I was reaching in the tree or it was just struggling getting it. I really don't know that much detail about that much. But in any case, I was terrified. I was like, this isn't a wolf. This is not a bear. What is this? And I didn't deserve to have a lot of wildlife knowledge on at the age of seven. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So I, l- I read through the options of what it could be, and uh, based on what people, uh, what I read on the descriptions of what any known creature that uh, mankind basically knew at that particular moment, I'm like, this is nothing I've never, um, ever heard before. This is different. Something that doesn't belong normally in the woods, as far as we know. At the age of seven, wow. When you're that young, obviously, you don't have very many life experiences to go on. So, as you know, how you respond to various things that happen to you in your life really depends upon your life experiences and your knowledge. In your judgment, at that age, I can't imagine trying to deal with something like that, something that's so scary. I've had guests on here before that, most notably Wade, who had an encounter at 13. I thought that was bad. Wow. Moving forward from that point, go ahead and tell us what happened next, Caleb. Well, I took at least, it was about 50 meters away, okay? I took at least two steps forward uh, just to get a better look at it. And I got in probably the best detail of it possibly possible in my memory right now. After a long time studying it for a good 10 minutes or so, I, and it didn't even seem to be on, didn't even seem to notice me. If it, if it did know I was there, it didn't seem too interested. 
seemed to be more interested in what was in the tree at the time. So I basically tried to be as quiet as possible to get the heck out of there. Just before I got out of the woods, I heard like a kind of like a growl and and made uh, some something similar to that of a howl, but more like a growl, more, more like a groaning howl. It's kind of strange, and it makes me nervous to talk about it even now. It was. It sounded like a groaning howl. Groaning howl. Yes. How close did it sound? Like it was to you? Very. Almost like right behind me. For those who haven't been in the woods, haven't spent much time out there, depending on conditions, it can set up a uh, a situation where when you hear sounds, it's really hard to tell where they came from. It sounds like that's what you experienced. Correct. Moving forward, after you heard that howl, what happened? I quietly and immediately very, very, very shakenly I went back to my house, and my parents were like, Caleb, you look horrible. What happened? And I didn't say a word. I just said, I think I saw something. I don't know what it was. My dad and parents uh, were always skeptics about everything and anything I say. So I see. So I was very careful what I said. And um, my parents were also very no-nonsense school uh, source, you know? So I didn't know exactly how or how I could describe what I saw to them in a way that they would understand or believe me. And so I didn't tell them anything. If they were that no-nonsense, I can't blame you for not sharing it with them. It sounds like they would have just brushed it off. If you would have had someone that you could have spoken to about that encounter with right away that wouldn't have made fun of you or just brushed it off, do you think moving forward through your life you would have been able to deal with those encounters better? Possibly, but I never found anyone basically until I heard of other people hearing about dogmen and their descriptions and how similar they were to my encounters. Back then, did you already know about Linda Godfrey's work into dogmen or did you follow the whole Bigfoot scene? What was your outlook on that? My first thought was because I had seen several like horror movies and whatnot, but only one of them came to mind. It was like a werewolf movie. That was the only thing that came to mind. I, never, I didn't actually hear any, uh, really books about them. I, I mean, I didn't, I, I could read really well, but didn't exactly read a lot of, uh, ghost stories or anything like that at the age of seven. Mind. Just saw a lot of movies. Well, that's pretty normal for a kid that age. All right, Caleb, go ahead and tell us about the details of your second encounter. Just like with the first, please give us every last detail that you can recall. It was Baldwin, year 2008. Eight years after the first encounter, I was about 15 years old. It was November. I was deer hunting with my dad, who was less than 50 feet away from me. We were in separate blinds, you know, just for, uh, so, so we can get a feel as if we were hunting by ourselves, so to speak. You know? And, uh, um, it was like 4, well, 4.30 or uh, to 5 o'clock in the morning. The sun was, uh, had barely come up, and I had just gotten my blind. And um, my gun was already loaded just in case I saw uh, a deer going going in front of me while I was heading to the blind. And this is a place called a place called the Old Ways Blind Mine. It's a it's a very legendary and uh, well known place, but known to the locals in Baldwin. What happened was that um, um before I um because I would normally like eat chocolate before uh, I started to start hunting before the sun came up. That's family tradition. 
I would, uh, I was about to unwrap my chocolate bar, and then I noticed something incredibly similar. It was quiet. Dead quiet. No movement. The only thing I could hear was my dad softly snoring all to my right. Your dad was out there hunting, supposed to be hunting, and he was, you could hear him snoring. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. All right, moving forward, what happened from there? I basically uh, thought to myself, this seems a little familiar. I'm going to grab my gun just in case. And um, with that forethought, I grabbed, I was reaching for my gun when I heard like a, like a thud, thud. Uh, you know, and along with the crunching leaves, it sticks. So I'm like, something's to my left. It was coming from my left, uh, in front of me somewhere. To my left, in front of me. To my left side, in front of me. Yeah, that's what I meant. That's what I'm trying to say. And I'm like, okay, there's only one of a few things I think this could be. A person? Or something I know all too well already. <laughs> and so, um, I was, I was, I was out shaking my two big boots, my deer hunting boots. Just sitting in the blind, shaking. So I was scared to death, and it was freaking cold. I saw the exact same thing back when I was seven, except this one, the first one, I believe, was male. I believe. Because this one didn't have the same thing. Didn't have the same gender, it looked like. No outdoor plumbing. Right. And it was walking upright. In front of me, going right in front into my direct line of sight, directly in front of me, walking slowly but walking. How close did you say it was at this point when you saw it and it was walking directly in front of you? About forty-five to between forty-five and fifty-five meters, just a little bit, a little bit different uh, than the first encounter when I was seven. Since it was that close to you and directly in front of you, did it seem to know you were there? I believe it did. I mean, the uh, the idea is that dogmen know you're there before you know they're there. That much I knew then, but I didn't really know what dogman was still at the moment, at that given time. Fine. But I had an idea what I was looking at, and I basically held on to my gun, did, but did not uh, shoot at it, but just had it at the ready in case. I believe this dogman actually knew it was there because it, it always had an ear turned in my direction. What happened next? Well, it kind of looked around in every direction except directly in my direction. It looked in my dad's direction. I think it dismissed him as non-threatening or something like that. And it basically crouched uh, back down on all fours. It looked like it was sitting around struggling for something. It got back up on its two, its two legs. And as it was going back up on its two legs, it was looking right at my direction, straight at me. Oh, so when it was moving across your field of view from left to right, it was down on all fours at that point then? Well, while I was walking in view, it was actually up, it was upright. It was on two legs. It stopped right in front of me, and then it went on all fours to sit the ground, looking for something, I guess, and then stood upright again. Okay, I've got you. What happened next after that? Well... While it was staring at me, it snarled. I, I took note of that. And so I was holding my gun. My hands were shaking. Because it was uh, fear or because the cold is beyond me. But um, I was. I thought of one thing. One thing came to mind. 
if I shoot at it, it's probably going to take me as a threat. It's probably going to attack. Or if it does attack, I'll try to defend myself either way. And thankfully, neither one, neither thing happened. It stared at me for a good for a good bit, like five minutes at least. And then it looked at my dad's direction, looked around behind it, and then it basically took off, literally in the northeastern direction from my position. By a full run, by a bipedal full run. A bipedal full run. Yes. Interesting. Since you had had that encounter already when you were seven, did that, in your opinion, make that much of a difference on how well you were able to handle that second encounter that day? It made me. I felt. I felt a little, a little more, a little bit more prepared for something out of the ordinary. Um, that's in that sense. Yes. I figured that would probably be the case. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Size-wise, how did the second dog man compare to the first one that you saw? This one was quite a bit taller. It was... The first one was around five feet to uh, or seven feet between that range. Again, hard to tell when you're seven years old at first. This one, I uh, was sure it was at least six foot four. And you said the first one seemed to be a male. The second one seemed to be a female. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Sounds like the first one must have been some kind of a juvenile then to be that small. Most of the size ranges come in around the seven-ish foot range for them. Did you, in either of those encounters, get the feeling like there might have been other dogmen around that you might not have known about or seen? I did feel like I wasn't alone with this particular creature. Of course, with the second one, I was with my dad, who was asleep the entire time, mind, but I did feel there was another presence. I believe that the second dogman, in particular, especially, it looked behind it, thinking that, making sure that, that possibly other dogmen were safe where they were, or... You know, as probably as like a pack leader would do, would make sure the other members of this pack are safe and all accounted for. Like a wolf pack would. Yeah, that makes sense. The more I learn about dogmen, the more similarities I find that they seem to have with wolves. The dinning, the whole dinning thing, a lot of their behavior, it's surprisingly, it seems to be, that is, surprisingly similar. Now, having said that, Knowing what you know now, what would you have done differently when you saw that second dogman? What would you have done differently if you had known back then what you know now about them? I would have probably, because uh, I didn't have a camera in my pocket, but I was so scared I didn't do anything. I probably, if I, I knew as much as I did know, I probably would have snapped the picture if I could. It, there was definitely enough light. Uh, despite it just, uh, the sun just barely coming up, there was definitely enough light at least to get the outline of it. Do you care if they are ever proven to exist? I probably would. It would make skeptics actually take an interest in trying to locate them. Possibly try to uh, find a way, if there is a way, for them and us to coexist without there being a violence between the two. 
Since you were sitting out there in the woods the second time with a gun, are you pro-kill or no-kill? Obviously, in that situation, you weren't prepared for the encounter, so you were just doing the best you could to deal with it. But going out into the woods with a gun, are you keen on the idea of someone taking one down just for the purpose of proving that they are, in fact, out there? I wouldn't be against it, especially if they turn it to the DNR to say, yeah, this thing's real. It's here. It's around here. I got proof. You know what I mean? That's their idea. That In that case, I wouldn't have any disagreements. If they just shot it for the safety, that's also okay. But if they sh- if they shot it just to, you know, just to shoot at it, you know what I mean? To, to uh, you know, to seem like they're a threat or to, to make the dogman question to keep their distance. That I may have a problem with because then they're potentially getting themselves in harm's way. Shifting gears here a little bit, Caleb, on the whole skinwalker theory, what's your take on that? Do you think there is a supernatural element to dogmen, or do you think they're just flesh and blood? I believe that there's a little bit of both involved, actually, in my sole opinion. I mean, if you look back many years ago, there there are even reports in Germany during World War II of uh, dogmen existing only in Germany. Uh, that were, cause, especially, no, it's World War One, my bad. There's evidence of sh- shapeshifters in Utah, uh, I believe. Um, and also, in other parts of the world of, uh, you know, creatures or people disappearing and animal tracks re- uh, appearing where the person was. That's actually becoming more and more common in, uh, rural areas or in non, not so exactly uh, heavily human populated areas. And that's basically what makes skeptics uh, scratch their heads and say, yeah, no one else was there to see it. There were not many people to see it. We believe you're lying. That's our idea. When you go out into the woods, knowing that they're out there, do you take anything special with you, a weapon or any other device or item that might help you to protect yourself? Well, the second encounter, I actually had a 20-gauge shotgun. And now, myself, to go and uh, go through all that again, I would have told myself, I need a bigger gun. When you see one of these things and how formidable they look, that would only be expected that you would want to go out there with the biggest gun you could possibly carry with you. Who was the first person you spoke to, Caleb, after your first encounter about it? You said when you went home, you didn't want to share it with your family because you thought they would scoff at you. But I know you talked to someone about that. I didn't actually talk about it to anyone until recently when I got to my adult foster care home. I haven't talked to anybody. Feared that they would have called me crazy and had me committed. You waited that long? I kept it as a secret that long, yes. That had to be horrible, having to wait that long to share that experience with someone. I speak to people that hold it for long periods, but that had to be really bad, trying to deal with that for all those years. That's one of the worst parts of the encounter. By you not having anyone to, to unload all that emotional baggage on for all those years, that had to really take a toll on you. How has your behavior out in the woods changed now that you you know they're out there? I know you mentioned the whole gun thing, but I know at the same time that you investigate these things, what do you do differently now than you would have done had you not known they were out there? Well, when it comes to that sort of question, I look at 
you know, ever seen, if you if anyone has ever seen the first movie of Jaws, and they are, are actually near the end, you know, there's one guy left on the bow, and he's uh, supposed to take out take out the big shark alone. He's afraid of the water, etc. That's the kind of mindset I feel like um, if I still had to go in the woods. The same sort of feeling, the same sort of scenario idea. Well, that's totally normal when you think about how the two compared. Jaws was totally in its element out there in the ocean. Roy Scheider and the other cast people are totally out of their element in the water. With dogmen, they're in the woods. Sure, you can be an outdoorsman or whatnot, but compared to them, you're still totally out of your element. So I can see how you would compare the two. That makes sense. In closing, Caleb, do you have any closing comments to share with the audience? I have but one. Just one. If you go in the woods, don't go alone. Ever. Always bring someone and something to protect yourself with in case one of you gets hurt. And uh, you might want to bring a first aid kit, too, just in case. You never know. That sounds like really good advice to me. Well, Caleb, I really appreciate your time and sharing the details of those encounters with us. Thank you so much. No problem. And don't be a stranger. I try not to. Well, I appreciate it. Well, I'll see you around, okay, buddy? All right. Thanks again. Have a good night. You too. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.